there's a little bit of hypocrisy here, probably. And I don't know each and every one of these people who've said this should this book shouldn't be in there or that book shouldn't be in there for this reason that, or the other. But I bet you nine out of ten of them, if not ten out of ten, have put in the hands of their children who are teenagers, maybe as young as sixth grade, the most powerful human communications device ever created where you have access to everything that has ever been said, written, or done in the history of humankind, good, bad, or otherwise. But we can't have this book in the library that your kid probably doesn't even know is there. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Eight thirteen on Wisconsin's morning news. I want to get into this flat in Menominee Falls over the book banning, the quote unquote book banning. School district uh, will meet tonight. There's a school board meeting. School district under fire from some for a newly released list of books being tossed out of the high school library. So that meeting is six thirty tonight in Menominee Falls. I'm going to offer a few thoughts on that. It's thirty three titles that are being removed from the Menominee Falls library. What? What is it about Menominee Falls? Now you're you're Sussex schools, right? Mm-hmm. But you guys live in the falls. Live in the falls, but different school districts. Why is Menominee yeah. Falls in the in the news all the time for messed up politics or messed up school board <laughs> stuff or what? They why have had, is that? they have had some school board changes um, for multiple different reasons. I know one of them at one point I believe was because of a mascot. Because the switched, whole mascot thing, they switched to the Phoenix at some point. They've had a couple of superintendent changes of late. Why is that? Why is it all messed up over there all the time? Well, I don't think everyone's always on the same page <laughs> from what the school board is doing and what others are doing. I think one of the issues you see in Menominee Falls as well as it pertains to education is, you know, and I'm not a big, you know, left, right in education and, you know, hammer on the liberals who are right. But, you know, education tends to attract more people of a left leaning ideology in terms of the professionals who do that, whether you're talking about teachers or administrators or whatever. But then you have a conservative community like Menominee Falls, where your voting patterns are conservative. And so you're going to have a heave-ho back and forth with school, maybe more than other things, because of just that natural collision of political ideology. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe that's an explanation for why so often when issues about schools come to the fore, it's it's out of Menominee Falls, because you have just sort of that natural clash. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. I I don't know that I'm going to debate. I haven't read any of the 33 books that are on this list of books that were suddenly removed from the library in at the high school in Menominee Falls. I think people can have differing ideas over whether this book is appropriate or that book is appropriate. I don't know that I've read any of the titles. I scanned them. Some I'm familiar with. Handmaid's Tale is in there. I watched the whole series. I didn't watch. I didn't read the book. Okay. Wicked is in there. Like, as in, like, is that like, as in Wicked the musical? I don't have to check it out. And that find book out. was so hard to get through. I, I did read it, but it was so, so maybe hard it was to read. Because it was boring. That could be. <laughs> <laughs> that could very well could be. It was very books. difficult. Right. It was not the musical. Yeah. So, I, not to debate each and every title or, or whatever. People can decide amongst themselves whether or not those titles are appropriate. But a couple, a couple of things that I want to offer here. I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with the book banning, what we say, quote unquote, book banning. Because that has an automatically, you know, loaded terminology, negative connotation, right? It's it's sort of almost meant to conjure up like the bonfires. We're not book burning, uh, burning. but we're book banning, yeah. and that's it's pretty close. I mean, they haven't lit the bonfires in Menominee Falls yet. I mean, isn't it the school district's job or any library 
to determine what material there's a there's a line somewhere right what materials go in the library and what materials don't and again without regard for whether or not you believe any of these titles are on one side or another they should decide some things are allowed and some things aren't so those which are not allowed in the library i suppose are quote unquote banned but it's deliberately meant to sort of stoke emotion they're banning books they're banning books well shouldn't they review where that line is and whether or not these items are on the the right side of that line? Now, some of these, I believe, have been part of curriculums in the past. Some of them have been nationally or internationally renowned. Sure. And I think if you can both agree that the district has a right to do this, but also agree that they're wrong on individual titles. I think both of those things can coexist. My thing is just, okay, if you if you have one criterion for whether or not something ought to be in a library, and that is it was once put on paper and then bound Thus, it is a book. <laughs> no, that's not fair. <laughs> well, okay. So then if that's not fair, then somewhere there's a line <laughs> and someone draws the line. I don't have a book there. It's not like <laughs> I just found one up. Hey, guys, can you throw mine in there? Okay. So then if you did and they said, oh, look, we're not putting this in the library. Is your book banned? Eric Bilstead's book was banned. Hmm. Well, no, it's just not allowed in the library. So it's the same thing, but it's semantics. It's just not offered at the right. library. Different okay. than allowed. Obviously, you can bring a book anywhere. Sure. And that's the other part of it. So, you know, somewhat in defense of the school district here, they have a process that they go through, and some things are going to be in the library and some things aren't. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's brown shirts burning books. It may be they looked at these things. They have criteria that are set out, and the district is the one that should decide what goes in its library and what doesn't. On the flip side. In the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel article that came out, I think this started to break Friday, right, is when they did it. Yep, late last week. some coverage yep. from TMJ4. We've had some coverage here mm-hmm. right at the, the Journal Sentinel article. It was at least half a dozen times that something to the effect of, it's not clear this, they haven't said that, and I don't much care to hear that or read that. If you have a process. You want more transparency? If you're a public entity, right, decisions ought to be fully transparent and it shouldn't be unclear as to why you've done something. Now, some of that hopefully will get cleared up tonight, but you got to have people out there who are explaining their process for this. And if there are concerns that your process wasn't appropriately followed or that your guidelines weren't appropriately followed, that's fair for people to judge and question. And it should be You're a public entity. So I'll kind of defend the people who are concerned about this to that extent. All right. Now I'm going to push back on them. Okay. I'm going to push back or I'm going to push back on those who are calling for books to be removed. Okay, there's a little bit of hypocrisy here, probably. And I don't know each and every one of these people who've said this should this book shouldn't be in there or that book shouldn't be in there for this reason or the other. But I bet you nine out of ten of them, if not ten out of ten, have put in the hands of their children who are teenagers, maybe as young as sixth grade, the most powerful human communications device ever created where you have access to everything that has ever been said, written, or done in the history of humankind, good, bad, or otherwise. But we can't have this book in the library that your kid probably doesn't even know is there. I mean, like, let's check ourselves here for a moment. Oh, this is an outrage. This book with some salacious things in it is in the school library. Meanwhile, your kid's walking around with an iPhone, right, looking at TikTok. You want porn? It's in there. You want terrorist stuff? It's in there. You want anti-religious? You want religious? It's all in there. It's all in the phone that you gave to them and pay for. So just love, we'd love everybody to just, boom, just <laughs> power down, just power down a little bit. <laughs> it's right for the school district to set standards of what goes in their library. There should be a public conversation about that and people should weigh in. But you elect a school board to make these types of decisions. 
And so they made these decisions. I just, I don't have any faith that that's not, that's the school board meeting tonight is not going to be a bunch of yelling. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of too. That and pointing. Well, and, oftentimes there's a lot of pomp and pageantry right? at these types of events where it's a lot of people and emotions are high. And I'm not suggesting that people aren't allowed to have emotions that are running high, but I'm, that's what I'm afraid of. It's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of cameras there. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of spotlights on and a lot of attention, which will ramp up the energy, if you will. And ultimately, given what I just said about where all the things that we have access to in our phones, plus the fact that any of these titles are available at the public library. Yeah, you right can check the them out. Whatever. Yeah, right. You can check you can them out. Bring them. No one said you can't read it. it. So given all of that, is this even that consequential? Regardless of which side you're on, you know, if, if your kids want to read these books, let them read every damn one of them on the list. Go ahead. Here's the list. You know, you know which ones are full of salacious detail now. Go ahead. Let them check them out or not. I don't know. And in terms of which ones make the list, you know, my approach to, to speech is generally more liberal than most. And I don't mean politically. I just mean I'm in favor of more speech as opposed sure. to less. Yeah. So I would probably go down this list and find all of them fine. But maybe you wouldn't or maybe somebody else wouldn't. So you all debated out in Menominee Falls. But either way, let's just. Realize that this is not overly consequential. 821 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Traffic is sponsored by the Shower Remodel Experts at Kohler Services, WI.com. 826 on Wisconsin's Morning News. What more on the back? Come on. Fully justified. Maybe. Okay. Fully justified. Maybe you're spoiled. Maybe that's the issue. Absolutely, I am. We are. Packers fans are. We've had a great run here. And We've the expect- used to excellence. The expectation has always been a little bit higher for QB. Right? Because last two worked out pretty well. Yeah, now last year notwithstanding. We're right, a few right, right. last year. No, and I didn't expect... It. Packers fans, we need to be honest with ourselves, right? We need to... No, I don't think what you're going to say is accurate, but go ahead, finish your comment. I didn't expect to go 15 and 2. You said they were going to the playoffs. Well, I did. <laughs> I did say that. But I would be, but I would be willing to because accept they're not. That's what we are used to. I'd be willing to accept they're not. Can I get a 6 and 11? That still could happen, by the way. Can I get a 7 and t- like, you know, is that what you want, mediocrity? Ooh. You're well, that's actually be, the worst thing to be in, in pro sports, right? Fun bad is better than mediocrity. Like You almost right. want them to just be kind of like, okay. <laughs> you raise a really important point, actually. You either want to be really good or really bad. In the middle, not so good. It's easier to bounce back to good if you're really bad. I'm not suggesting yeah, they should lose out. you get draft picks anything, and all those other things, right. Like I just thought we improve. were better. A mediocre season, a somewhere around 500 would have been acceptable with signs of growth. And in fairness to what Tausch was talking about at the top of the hour, um, what, and we're not seeing it now, but there's still plenty of time for this team to grow and Agreed. to show us something. And in terms of whether or not I'm going to start calling for the firing of Matt LaFleur and fire this guy and fire that. Nobody cares. <laughs> First of all, yes, nobody cares. Secondly, look, it's a 17 game season. If the, the staff has a right to be judged on the body of their work through that season. So at what point but, do you change your schedule on Sunday? Yeah, see, you raised another good point. Is We're coming up on a point where Packers fans are going to stop caring about the team for this season. Not forever and ever, and not say like they won't pay attention, but like, right, are you going to build your Sunday around watching this? Yeah. That was not joyful. <laughs> 
hours actually, go by. It actually didn't hurt. It. No, it did. It hurt. <laughs> you're right. You're right. My wife was was home. She didn't even make the whole rest of the game. She was like, I don't need this. And I don't need to sit, listen to you. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, here, you can At least my daughter time. hung in with me. We watched the whole thing together. So, but that's not enjoyable. Right. You, you do get to a point of that's not fun. You'll watch every game, though. Yeah. You won't. I will. You'll continue to keep your yes. Sunday the way it is. But I am curious what the average fan will end up doing because they keep losing. Lose against the Vikings, then what? Then we're, what, I two and five? On. I don't. They're not. Here's my problem, though. We're. What were the Broncos? One and four going in? They're a lousy team. This the is true. Raiders are a lousy team. We're this losing to bad teams. We're not mediocre. We're bad. Yeah. And there's no reason to be bad. We weren't even as close to beating this team as it appeared in the end. Everybody's focused on that last interception, which was underthrown but, into double coverage again. Could have the lead had he made that field goal. Or could have not scored either of those touchdowns. That first touchdown also was underthrown into double coverage <laughs> and probably was an interception. But again, this is this is probably a... was an interception. The second one was a ricochet. That's right. And should have yeah, been dropped. But that's th- this is what a young <laughs> developing quarterback okay. is. I'm not gonna put it all on him either, right? Hasn't had much help in the play calling department. But as much as we receivers running the same way and going to the same place, looking at each other at the end of like, <laughs> oh, dude, I thought you were right. Oh, my bad. Right. And as much as we've complained about Joe Barry and his defense, I mean, good enough could be better. Yeah. Don't like some of the things they're doing. Yeah. They, don't like some of the matchups he, our guys end up in. Okay. All good. But nine points, you know, they were threatening to score right? six and all of those, right? So bent uh, a little bit there, but didn't break. So. All the focus there. Also, your defense is a lot better when they're not on the field the entire first half. <laughs> three and out. Boo, three and out. Boo, boo. We should be better than that. You want to say to me, like, I did think some of the promise that we saw early on indicated to me, like, this could be, a, this actually could be a, a, a playoff team, a, a six seed, you know, like a low tier, right, like, right. Sl- Slid in there because everybody else around him was bad too. But you, yeah, I get. Go ahead. But had they not reached that echelon, I wouldn't have cracked on them for it. What you want to do is see a team that when they lose, they're still like you're. You're still like okay. Way to work for it though. You you know, it wasn't the best game, but you you showed promise. There were some good things. A couple of things in there to hang yeah. your hat yes. on, right? There you go. That's a good way. Of My hat's it. on the floor. <laughs> nothing to hang out. There is no hat. And there's nothing. I don't even have a hat this morning. Eight thirty-two, Wisconsin's morning news. Nineteen minutes before nine o'clock. On Wisconsin's morning news. So there's this huge event that takes place in New York. It's called Bagel Fest. Now, everyone who knows anything about anything knows that New York makes some pretty good bagels, right? Kind of known for it, right? Yeah, that's what okay. they're known for among the many things. Like a good bagel? Yeah. New York makes the best ones. That's what people say. Then you got your New York friends. That's what they say. And you're like, anyway, whatever. You know so, what you forget when bagels get brought into the office? You forget that they're better toasted. Because you just kind of got used to, like, oh, just grab it, put the stuff, you know. Yeah. A little, nah, little bit of heat. And then you, you toast bit. that thing up, and you're like, oh, yeah, I really should be toasting this. So they just had their big bagel fest this past weekend. And the bagel that, like, just obliterated the others showed in many categories, came back with best bagel, was a bagel from New York. North Texas. <laughs> Not from New York. <laughs> North Texas. 
Guys been making bagels there. The name of the bakery is the Starship Bagel, and it's been doing so well in two locations in Texas that he wanted to submit it into the uh, the New York thing, and he ended up winning. So how is that possible? To be honest, uh, I I honestly just believe that I love bagels more than anyone else in the entire world. Ah, so love is the secret ingredient there. That's the uh, the owner there. Uh, his name is uh, Solomon. Sorry, I'm missing his first name here. Derek Solomon. Anyway, there is this conversation that's been had that bagels are always better in New York because of the water that is used in New York versus so elsewhere. You mentioned that earlier. I hadn't heard that. What, yeah. New York water is better for bagels yeah. or just so better in general? That's a thing that they've always said, well, you know, why are bagels so good here? Well, it's because of the water and yada, yada. And By that, that rationale, we should have the best bagels in America. Right? We got good water right <laughs> well, here. Here's what he said about that. My bagels taste better back home, man. Um, the water is a total myth. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nothing to it. No, no it's just because I make good bagels. I make basically. pretty good bagels. So congratulations to the North Texan for making the best. You bagels know what? This in New is York. the opposite of. Remember that one salsa they used to talk about? Was it was a paste picante sauce? Oh, right? that was in, in the, New York City. This year's, this year's made in New York City. New York City. Right. right. This is the opposite of that. Yes, kind of. North Texas. <laughs> Eight forty-three. Wisconsin's morning news. to get through here before we get to Scafidi on what's happening in the Middle East and here at home in politics this morning. New calls, some from actually within Israel now, to further delay the ground assault on Gaza. Airstrikes escalating, Israeli defense forces insisting the strikes are targeted at Hamas terrorists who brutally attacked Israeli civilians more than a week ago. ABC's Andrew Dimbert. Early Monday morning, local time, Israeli Defense Forces striking a refugee camp in Gaza. The Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry saying 40 Palestinians were killed, including women and children. The IDF saying they're attacking terrorist targets throughout the Gaza Strip. So that ongoing debate, the war expanding now to new fronts as well. Israeli Defense Forces hitting targets in the West Bank, which geographically is not right up next to. This is all geographically is a very small area. Right. But it's not traditionally been on the, on the front, if you will, with mm-hmm. Gaza. It's in a different spot. Um, targets in Syria and Lebanon as well. You have Hezbollah, terrorist group based out of Lebanon, launching limited strikes at Israel. So some skirmishes, if you will, breaking out there. Some U.S.-backed humanitarian aid trickling into Gaza now. 20 truckloads on Saturday. I saw, yeah, between 20 and 30, I want to say. And then a few more, they're saying, on Sunday. Nowhere near what is needed, nor what is even actually ready to go. Right. A lot more Waiting. supplies already yep. set to go. Uh, that could make that crossing from Egypt into Gaza and start serving the civilians who are deeply impacted, obviously, with the humanitarian crisis there. Week and a half now, at least, since we've been talking about the ground invasion being imminent. Anytime now, anytime now, anytime now. Some Israelis now even pushing for, even protesting against that move for now. ABC's Matt Gutman is in Tel Aviv. We saw these protests in which... Family members of hostages, but also rank-and-file Israelis have come out and said, listen, you've got to deal with the hostages first, then you can go to war, but save these people. They're in there. If you start this massive ground incursion into the Gaza Strip, there's a significant chance that these people won't survive. And the reason for that is because U.S. senior officials tell us that a lot of these hostages are being held in Hamas's tunnels. And what we've heard about what it's going to take to clear those tunnels 
means hostages aren't surviving that. Right. They may not survive. IDF yeah, right. may not survive. Other Palestinians may not survive. So there's some concern there yet. And still more than 200 people reportedly being held hostage by Hamas. The White House echoing that call as well on caution. I'm learning that administration officials, they are counseling caution and the delay to this looming ground invasion in order to allow for more hostages to be released and for more aid to get into Gaza. The U.S. is encouraging Israel to protect civilians and to think through all of the possible consequences. But the White House making clear that the president is not interfering in Israeli military operations. ABC's Selena Wang not interfering. She's saying merely counseling. Yeah, I'm, weighing sure, I'm in. sure they're suggesting a few things or at least offering some thoughts. And they have to be careful. Again, this is right. Israel's war. Yep. But the U.S. has pledged support, support, support. But are they counseling or are they asking this of Israel? And I think it's fair to say, you know, with so many comparisons to 9-11, how willing were any of us here in America to hear from other countries yeah. on how we should be Yeah, responding, we're good. Right? Thanks. We'll figure this no, out. We got it. Thanks. Yep. We were attacked. Our people died. Yep. Here's what we're going to do. Thanks for your help. Right? So it's all super delicate. On the might-be-interfering front, not because anyone is listening to them, but simply because they're in the way. More members of Congress are in Israel today. Bipartisan delegation from the U.S. Senate. A couple of names you would know. Republican Lindsey Graham is there. Democrat Cory Booker is there. I'd read, actually, that this was a previously planned trip to the region, but still not a big fan. Seems unnecessary. Right? Let uh, President visit? Okay. Secretary of Defense, okay. Secretary of State, all have been there. Okay, these are your key players and and should be there for support and what did we say? Council? <laughs> right, yeah. Whatever else. But these are right. I, these guys running around just getting in the way in this war zone. I just can't imagine anyone over there cares to or needs to hear from yes. Senator Graham or Senator Booker. I'm not sure what they're going to say that is going to help Israelis right now. Right. They're fighting a war, and here you, they're supposed to what? Run around and entertain you lot so you can take your pictures? <laughs> right, yeah. And issue you your press releases. Facebook. Right. And not in that group, just kind of on his own here, Congressman of Wisconsin, Derek Van Orden. Wisconsin guy, Republican from the La Crosse area. He's there, too, like on his own singular mission, described it to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel as a fact-finding mission. <laughs> I'm at the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem right now, and behind me is the pillar of heroism it uh, celebrates the folks that fought against the nazis and i would encourage every israeli to come here today so that's where all right wisconsin all right everybody hey random congressman from america's here saying you should come by yes. today all right make sure you do that that is from congressman van orden's x account posting prodigiously to social media uh, the people that he's met and sites he's visited Which i guess facts are he, is he finding well in in fairness it looks everybody who's in the pictures appears to have welcomed him so it's I'm not sure like they're trying they, to throw him out i'm sure they appreciate the Here well I am, wishes but, but i i guess my thought is isn't there something very important happening on capitol hill that needs to be figured out yet exactly where every republican vote in in particular counts they're trying to elect a new speaker and honestly, if I were the Israeli people, I'd say, thank you, Congressman. But you know what? You know how you can help us? You want to help? Get your ass back to Washington here and put a new Speaker of the House in place so you can pass this $100 billion aid package that the president has proposed. You can't do that until they have a Speaker, and he's not there for that vote or for the deliberations. On that front, now a full scrum of folks running for Speaker. As many as nine Republicans said to be considering a run for wow. the job now. After both Congressman Steve Scalise and Congressman of Ohio, Jim Jordan failed to get enough votes. I've been asking, 
you know, why not Bowtie Guy? Remember, we've talked a lot about him. Patrick McHenry. Yeah, Speaker Pro Tem right now. He, so I've been asking, why, why aren't they putting this guy up? He seems like to be sort of a no-frills solution. It's not loved by this group, not loved by that, not hated by anyone, Is he really. too mainstream, right. McCarthy guy? So I've been asked, why not this guy? Why not this guy? ABC's Rachel Scott says they asked him. He doesn't want it. We chased after him, and we asked him if he wants this job. And he said he has no intentions on running. He doesn't want to go anywhere near this right now. <laughs> nope, no thank you. <laughs> I don't want this mess. That's what Congressman Ryan said once a long, long it time is. ago, too. But, hey, not for nothing, and this sounds corny, but honestly, like, if, if and maybe they couldn't, but if it were somehow made known to Congressman McHenry that, look, we could coalesce around you, and you could maybe bridge this gap, and I don't know that he could, but Paul Ryan was approached like that. And I think, as a patriot, he said, I'm being called to do this, and this is important, and if this, if if me making this personal sacrifice... Because I, I do believe there are some people that don't want that job, and maybe he's earnest in that. But, you know, if it's a matter of personal sacrifice here, your nation needs you to step up. Like, I think that would be a patriotic thing. Don't know if that's the case here with McHenry. I feel like it was for Wisconsin's Paul Ryan. So who's up? ABC's Ike Jockji telling us about the guy getting support from the previous House Speaker. The House has been paralyzed without a Speaker for nearly three weeks. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy has endorsed Minnesota Congressman Tom Emmer. He could run into big trouble with supporters of former President Trump because Emmer did not support efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. Well, so sounds like he was on the right side of that one. <laughs> like that's going to be the dis- the disqualifier, right. but that tells you about the fractious caucus that the Republicans are. What did you see in terms of timeline today? Uh, they're going to meet today to discuss things. It sounds like as of now, now you know things can always change. As of now, we're hearing that tomorrow would be a secret ballot, so that then would tell you who the leader is. And then you'd wonder if they'd try to get to the floor to you vote that, that person, person in. But can that make it to two hundred and seventeen? That would be the next question. Or are we going to run into the same issue? 855 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Mild weather ahead, high of 60 degrees today with a slight chance of showers and storm possible. Low temperature down to 55 tonight. We've got 75 for the high on Tuesday. Hey, can I say something quick? You know, we had our JDRF1 walk on Saturday at Greenfield Park. We talked about it the last couple of weeks, and thank you to so many people who donated. Raised a lot of money, which was just awesome. And I didn't ask anyone to go. I wasn't putting anyone, you know, saying any pressure or whatever. Not shaming anyone who was busy. But my guy, Steve Scafidi here, my colleague of many years now, he and his wife showed up on Saturday I thought that was super cool. Thank you so much for coming and giving your support, by the way. I enjoyed it. I ran into a ton of people I knew from Oak yeah. Creek and beyond, so uh, it's a great cause. And, God, they raised a ton of money. Yeah, nearly a quarter of a million dollars. Happy to be there. So and you're, you you did a great job with your emceeing, and, and you had uh, Pat Connaughton on stage, which, yeah. which was How cool. How about that? Him showing up for a bit, huh? Yeah, awesome. so well done, and the, and the sky's cleared, and it turned out to be a pretty nice day after a little wet start. But Well, thank you for being a friend. Absolutely, man. It was a great cause, and the- I was happy to be there. WTMJ Now with Steve Scafidi coming up next.